You are listening to True Crime Fiction and we are feeding your addiction to the best of the spoken and written word in all things crime. While I try to avoid spoilers in my reviews, with this one it's not been possible, mainly because the pod progresses in a way I want to discuss and talk about, which is a testament to how powerful a piece of investigative journalism it is. If you do not want spoilers, then please listen to Who Killed Emma and then come back to this review and leave me a comment to let me know what you think. Who Killed Emma is another deep dive investigation from the BBC, this time from BBC Scotland by Sam Pooling and producer Monica McCalladon. Emma Caldwell is a lively, kind girl who grew up in a loving family. When her sister died from cancer at a young age, Emma understandably struggled with grief. Boyfriend introduced her to heroin and from there her life spiralled as she turned to sex work to fund the addiction. Emma's family never lost hope, tried to get her medical help and stayed in touch with her regularly until the day she stopped answering their calls. This is when the police get involved and shortly after Emma's body is found and a murder investigation starts. Howling has been asked by one of Emma's clients to help him clear his name as he was questioned by the police six times and it has cast an intolerable pall over his life. Over the course of the investigation, the client becomes close to polling. It is obvious that he feels their relationship is one of reciprocal friendship, while polling, ever the professional, maintains a detached contact. The image he presents to the investigative journalist is one of a gentle, loving man who has made mistakes but is horribly wronged and had his life destroyed. It's almost becoming a trope of sex-related crime. As Pauline continues her investigation, she uncovers not only missed opportunities but that the client has a long-term and serious record of sexual violence against women. Once she has gathered her evidence, Poling confronts the man. I was genuinely afraid for Poling when she confronts the client with his latent lies and her belief he is in fact guilty of Emma's death. It is the scariest and most tense true crime moment I have heard on any podcast, and Poling's courage should not be underestimated. It is clear the client comes close to violence, and in fact, two days later he's arrested for assaulting the girlfriend who earlier attested to his lack of violence, and that just illustrates the simmering rage and misogyny contained in this man. The client gets two years for the attack on his girlfriend and is out in one and has never been arrested for Emma's death or the mountain of sexual assaults and rapes many women have reported to the police throughout his lifetime. This is where true crime differs from crime fiction. If this was fiction, the case would be resolved. We could see women having their day in court and receiving justice. As this is true crime, we are left with the impression of women who've been massively let down by the police, a society that does not believe women and the justice system. 
it's almost becoming a trope of sex-related crime. Bowling does spend time discussing the decision to include the interview where she puts her accusations to the clients, which police asked her not to broadcast. And I found it difficult to sort through my feelings about it. On one hand, it is probably good people can be knowledgeable about such a dangerous man. On the other, I wonder if it could indeed hamper any case that in future could be brought to court. The problem is that the police, by nature of their job, have to keep a lot under wraps and secret, so there is no way of knowing if what polling has broadcast could be detrimental. The latest news reports say that the police are reviewing the case and it's expected that a breakthrough may come soon, so we may have an answer to our question then. Polling does a sterling job and I feel that she probably made the best decision she could given the information that she had in her possession at the time. but. I still feel an uncomfortable territory caught between the safety that women deserve and the need to secure a conviction. Another area where I could not shake a slight feeling of unease was that of the surveillance operation on a Turkish cafe police suspected may hold Emma's murderer. The men in the cafe were arrested and charged. However, the police employed two people to translate recorded conversations who had told them they were not fluent or expert in Turkish, and inevitable mistakes ensued. The case, which had so far cost four million, collapsed, and it is suggested that the focus on the Turkish men stopped the police looking for other suspects. What leaves me uncomfortable is that there is a distinct whiff of structural racism in the events around the translation. One of the men arrested later successfully sued over his arrest. They were also taking part in abusive and illegal activity, which I am assuming is why there's been no outcry. It does feel to me, however, that there was some more to delve into there. I suspect the team behind Who Killed Emma wanted to focus on how the safety of women is often ignored by society. Some of the sex workers interviewed would tell of how they would make sure to drop hair in a client's car, so if they do turn up dead, there will be a link to their killer. As a woman, I've been aware of women's lack of safety and protection since I was a child, and my older sister told me if I'm ever raped, I need to call out fire, because that's the only way people will come and help. None of this is news to me. It's not news to most people, I suspect, but still nothing changes. Perhaps Who Killed Emma will be an important part of the voice-raising effort that is needed to make change happen, but for the moment, I think many would settle for a conviction. You have been listening to True Crime Fiction, the podcast that is feeding your addiction to all things crime. You can find our website at true-crime-fiction.com, on Twitter at true underscore crime underscore fic, on Facebook and Instagram as True Crime Fiction. Please rate and review on the podcast app of your choice. Music is by Kitty Kitty Meow Meow.